who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Tonight, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we are covering the Curie. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. Hey Brian. Hey Will. How you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing excellent. Hey, check it out, people yeah. on YouTube. The studio is halfway done. We are <laughs> under construction. Um, but it sound, already sounds way better in here. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. It feels way better in here. Yeah, we deadened the reflections a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's definitely not as hot. So, yes, yeah, thank you, insulation. Sure. It's like 97 degrees outside, but it's like a, a nice 80 in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sweating bullets the way I normally mm-hmm. would be while we were recording. Indeed. Yeah, and now with these camera angles, <laughs> you can tell when I'm sweaty. Absolutely. All right. All right, Brian. So today we vacation away from the fiendish plains far below and head to higher ground. Oh, cool. Celestia, Arborea, Isgard, Arcadia. The upper plains are said to be beautiful and majestic beyond all comprehension. And they are all made more so by the presence of today's topic, the mythical Kirin. Oh, wow. Okay, so if you didn't catch our dungeon building episode, we threw one of these bad boys in there. We super did. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the mythological mythological creature of the same name from Eastern Asia, the Kirin is a breathtaking celestial. It is something between a unicorn, angel, and dragon, but it is none of these things, uh, though it often works alongside any and all of these things. Before we get into it, are you familiar with this creature outside of D&D? Didn't we? Okay, I remember the episode we did a celestial warlock we did but we did a coadal as the patron but we were talking about doing a kieran kieran was 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 an option is in the works for sure yeah you check that episode out and you can meet sweet (laughs) sweet boy sweet boy oh my gosh it's been so long whatever happened to sweet boy dumbstack con what do you think happened to him (laughs) he's dead oh no he died of a sweet boy he died of a cold oh yeah yeah i think i remember something like that (laughs) all right well let's get into kieran's okay kieran's are an embodiment of good and it is said that simply beholding one can evoke fear or awe in an observer. 
Similar to unicorns in some respects, uh, as both are noble equine creatures, the typical Kirin looks like a muscular stag covered in golden scales lined in some places with golden fur, although some are known to have velvety blue fur instead. They have long manes and tails, uh, coppery cloven hooves, and a spiral-shaped coppery horn just above and between their luminous violet, violet eyes. In a breeze or when aloft, the creature's scales and hair appear to blaze with holy golden fire. Oh, man. And they are said to have melodious or musical voices. Like, they're just like tears, just tears <laughs> down my face. It's fl- it flies, right? So this um, is like a flying unicorn. like in Yeah, it's uh, a flying unicorn angel dragon. You're supposed to be <laughs> awe-inspired when you see it. Indeed. So yeah. DMs, get that description crispy. Absolutely. Uh, this is a, a general depiction of a Kirin, but it should be said that Kirins tend to vary in appearance based on the deity each one reveres and the function each typically performs in service to that god. Some resemble gigantic unicorns. Uh, these are often used as guardians. Others have draconic features and tend to be aggressive foes of evil. Having one horn is most common, but a particularly fierce Kirin might have two horns or a set of antlers like those of a great stag. So it's a gl- it's a glamorous creature mm-hmm. that reflects what... So it worships like they, a god, or is it a... They have a high tendency to ally themselves with deities of good. Okay. Um, yes, the reverence kind of comes with that. Okay, okay. Before we delve into D&D's version of Kirin, let's go over some real mythological origins, though. The Kilin is a legendary hooved chimerical creature that appears in Chinese mythology and is said to appear with the imminent arrival or passing of a sage or illustrious ruler. Kilin are a specific type of lin... Uh, of the Lin mythological family of one-horned beasts. The Kilin also appears in the mythologies of other cultures, such as Japanese and Korean mythology, where it is known as the Kirin, uh, and Vietnamese mythology, where it is known as the Kailan. Is this like some, uh, these are terms that like people that study lore use? Like, um, what do you mean? Like the Lin? That's not a D&D term. We're, we're outside of D&D We're outside right of now. D&D. Yes, we're outside of D&D. This is real-life mytholo- mythological stuff. And, I gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay. Essentially, like, there is... Like this general understanding of this creature uh, across multiple cultures, it's a little bit different. It's pronounced a little bit different. But okay. They have that kind of that similar suffix of Lin going on in them, and obviously there's other similarities between. I them. see. Uh, um, so folklore studies or folkloristics, I guess is there what we go. Is the Fol- term. Folkloristics, yeah. Yeah, folklore studies, also known as folkloristics, uh-huh. and occasionally tradition studies, or folk life studies. Hell yeah. Um, that's, That's word of the day on the Dungeon Cast. We should have a word of the day. I'm serious. <laughs> oh, man. We I tried like to do alliterations for each episode, <laughs> well, okay, and then we that, abandoned it. We did. After several after hundred episodes. episodes. <laughs> and of, uh, sometimes sparking debates before episodes. Like, that Gosh, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like, it's I don't care anymore. So unnecessary stress. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, we should just come up with one alliteration we always use and go back to it. No, because I don't get stale and old, I think. Then we say a bunch of words at the beginning that don't get stale or old. That's true. Love introing the show. We'll revisit this later. Yeah. Kilin generally have Chinese dragon-like features, similar heads with antlers, eyes with thick eyelashes, manes that always flow upward, and beards. <laughs> uh, the body is fully or partially scaled and often shaped like an ox, deer, or horse. They are always shown with cloven hooves. While dragons in China are almost always commonly depicted as golden, Kilin may be of any color or even various colors and can be depicted as bejeweled or exhibiting a jewel-like brilliance. 
Common color choices for depictions are often associated with the elements, precious metals, stars, and gemstones, but can additionally include earth tones and modest browns. I like the idea of bejeweling your own Kieran at home, like a Build-A-Bear <laughs> situation, you know? A Build-A-Kieran. Yeah, like, like bejewel your Kieran. <laughs> I would love, by the way, I would love a Kieran plushie. That would be so cool. To have. That you can bejewel. Yeah, absolutely. Bring your laptop like over here. You got it, sir. Thanks. Uh, the Keelan is depicted throughout a wide range of Chinese art, sometimes with parts of their bodies on fire. On occasion, they will have feathery features or decorations, fluffy curly tufts of hair, or even with decorative fish-like fins as embellishments or cartfish whiskers or scales. It is said their auspicious voice sounds like the tinkling of bells, chimes, and the wind. This is making me, this is giving me mad catfish wizard vibes. Catfish wizard. Do you remember? Back. I remember catfish wizard. Yeah, but I never found out what it's nope. from, and you everybody was like, it out. it's South Park. And I'm like, it wasn't mm. South Park. I'm not sure what it was well, from. Yeah. I, I drew it a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, I saw it. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is said that although they can look fearsome, Kilin only punish the wicked. Thus, they're a cat. There exist accounts of court trials and judgments based on Kilin divinely knowing whether a defendant is good or evil, guilty or innocent, in ancient lore and stories. I'd be pissed. I know. I'd be, I'd so, be so pissed. Yeah. I'd be like, some mythical, beautiful creature looks at me and is like, mm, guilty. I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Show the, the fuck? show the evidence. He seems bad. <laughs> I don't know about him. <laughs> In Buddhist-influenced depictions, Kilin will refuse to walk upon grass for fear of harming a single blade, and thus are often depicted walking upon the clouds or the water. As they are divine and peaceful creatures, their diets do not include flesh. They take great care when they walk to never tread on a living creature and appear only in areas ruled by wise and benevolent leaders, which means they never appear anywhere, which can include a household. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I added a little bit because like, <laughs> I was like, wise and benevolent leader. Ha. Sorry. Uh, Keelan can become fierce if a person, if a pure person is threatened by a malicious one, uh, spouting flames from their mouths and exercising other fearsome powers that vary from story to story. I feel like they would look down on me like those who walk on the ground accidentally squish ants. Unknowingly, you are foul. Like, shut up, nerd. I feel like this is a running theme whenever we talk about a creature that's like very, very good and righteous. You're like, fuck you. You're not better than me. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's a common reaction. Uh, Kilin are also thought to be symbols of luck, good omens, protection, prosperity, success, and longevity by the Chinese. They may additionally appear as symbols of fertility, often depicted as bringing a baby to a family like a stork. Oh, that's cool. Well, wait. What? Physically? Or like they just show up like, you're pregnant now. Like, look, I, I, we must be pregnant. I took this as meaning like stork style. Oh, okay. Like the, it shows up with your baby. Yeah. Like here's your baby. Because sex isn't real. Because sex isn't real. Don't tell the kids. <laughs> uh, in modern times, the depictions of Kilin have often fused with the Western cons concept of unicorns. Kilin is often translated into English as unicorn. It can sometimes be depicted as having a single horn. Although this is misleading, as Kilin may also be depicted as having two horns, and a separate word for one horned beast is used in modern Chinese for unicorns. Nevertheless, the mythical and etymological connections between the creatures have been noted by various culture studies and even the Chinese government, which has minted silver, gold, and platinum commemorative coins depicting both archetypical creatures. Now, you included the uh, in your notes here the pronunciation of the one-horned beast in, in quotation marks. <sighs> Did you marks? want to go for it? No, I, I'm I not going for surely it. would be offensive if I tried to say yeah. this. Is that uh, yeah. why we didn't? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just like I'm going to do an improper job. And like if I say it wrongly and people think I'm right, 
then I will be spreading misinformation. <laughs> so we're just going to gloss yeah, we, over that. We don't care when we do it, when it's <laughs> fantasy stuff, but that's yeah, a real word. Indeed. All right. Back to D&D. Let's go. Uh, Kirins are noble celestial creatures. In the Outer Plains, Kirins, in service to benevolent deities, take a direct role in the eternal struggle between good and evil. In the mortal world, Kirins are celebrated far and wide as harbingers of destiny, guardians of the sacred, and counterbalances to the forces of evil. Cool. Kirins are attracted to the worship of deities of courage, loyalty, selflessness, and truth, as well as to the advancement of just societies. For example, in the Forgotten Realms, Kirin rally mostly to Torm, god of duty, loyalty, and righteousness. Kirins that serve good deities go wherever they are commanded. A Kirin from an upper plane might venture to the material plane on a mission, usually as a scout, a messenger, or a spy. A Kirin living on the material plane claims a territory to watch over, and one Kirin might safeguard an area that encompasses sev- several nations. So they do this a little bit like dragon style. Yeah, a little bit dragon style, like angels. Angels too. Mm-hmm. They have they, yeah. like we are the counterbalance to this incursion. Indeed. Like, let me show up and like slay it with my giant sword. I'm a solar. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> I'm a solar. Fuck you. Every time we we bring up a god or an entity that lists itself or is listed as righteous, mm-hmm. just makes me think of some tubular shit. Righteous, bro. Yeah, dude. Some surface shit. He's definitely shit, the god bro. of Sandemus. He's the god of Sandemus. Absolutely. He's righteous as fuck. He's righteous as fuck. What about Sandemus is so righteous? Bill and Ted. Oh <laughs> dang! Yeah, okay. Because I was Bill just like, Tipper. well, the the Dungeons and Daddies podcast does a lot of stuff out of San Dimas because they're like from there. I'm pretty oh, sure, like okay. from near there. San Dimas is a cool town. It's like right next to where we are. <laughs> yeah, it's very close. <laughs> Raging Waters is there, which is it a is giant there. water park. Yeah, isn't that the water, nationally franchised sort of? I have no branding. idea. I don't know. I don't either. Have you ever heard of Raging Waters? Let me know in the comments below. Indeed. If you're from SoCal, it's you don't like get the bonus biggest, points. It's the biggest water park in California, I would think, right? Uh, I would think uh, the, the most Knott's popular? Berry Farm one is probably- Surf City? The, is Surf it? Surf City, USA? I don't know. I, I don't Knott's know anything. I don't, I'm not a water park guy. Yeah, I'm not either, but I do love Knott's. <laughs> Anyways, back to Kieran's. Uh, in many lands, common folk- Oh, wait. I skipped one. Um- Although although generous and not prone to greed, Karens do accumulate treasure, somewhat like a dragon, some of which are created by other celestial beings and others of which are trophies and trinkets, mementos from villainous foes they have defeated. We'll call this part of the game Crips and Kirins Crips and instead Kirin. of Dungeons and Dragons. I like get it. it? I get it. Okay. In many lands, common folk view Kirins as heralds of good fortune. They consider seeing a Kirin flying overhead a blessed a blessing and events that happen on such a day especially auspicious. If a Kirin uh, alights during a ceremony, such as a birth announcement or coronation, everyone present understands that the creature is telling them the person, the person so honored, could become a great force for good. Kirins have also been known to appear at the sites of great battles to inspire and strengthen the side of good, or to rescue heroes from certain deaths, kind of like Gandalf the White. Like Ho Oh, look to me on the third day to the east, or whatever the fuck he says. I don't. Remember. I don't. I. I'm not even gonna try and to. Then, and then they Lord did. The and he was there. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, your baby's born, and you look out the hospital window, and there's a giant, like, dragon snake flying out the window. Yeah, know? he's scary. He's scary. got his face in there. He's like, what's up? Don't fuck, <laughs> don't fuck up raising this one, okay? <laughs> this one's we, a good one. He's we're a gonna, good egg. We're going to need him. <laughs> he's going to be a judge of a local province. He's going to put a lot of people in jail. <laughs> nice. Uh, Karens are generally solitary creatures. Uh, the females of Karens are so rare that most claim that they simply do not exist. However, female <laughs> Karens indeed do exist. That's a terrible uh, parallel to something I'm thinking of in the real world. Oh, really? It's the existence of the female orgasm. Oh, my gosh. Jesus. <laughs> People are it just, dumb. It's so rare. It just isn't possible. That's it can't so be a thing. That's so dumb. <laughs> It is said that no Kirin youth has ever been seen. 
and the Celestials refuse to talk about the reproduction, so it remains a mystery to mortals. Why are we so obsessed with how these creatures fuck? Why? They, there's whole magazines sections yeah, dedicated to that. There are. I bet we. I bet if we looked, uh, what's that magazine called? Dungeon magazine. There's two. There's Dungeon and Dragon. And Dragon magazine. I, it's probably Dragon magazine because Dragon's horny. So. That makes sense that more fucking information would be in that magazine. <laughs> and it, you're not wrong because all the ecologies, uh, there's a, the ecology of series. Yeah. And almost every one of those super gets into the reproduction and sex life of the monster we're talking about. Right. Um, including this one where it basically says, we don't know. It's a mystery. Kieran's sex. Ooh. What if it's like uh, like fish? And they have to like shoot the ejaculate out into the ocean, and the female has to like swim through it. I guess. Is Maybe. That how that works? All I know is I think it's really funny that they very specifically say the Karens are very uncomfortable talking about. Yeah, because because the, the reason why is because they're doing that shit up in the sky. Yeah. So all of the loose yeah. ejaculate just falls to the earth. Oh no. Aracocra farmer versus Aracoca versus Kieran. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Bring it full circle. Dude, that is now that is a deep pull. I forgot about the Aracoca shitting all over the farmer's truck from like <laughs> I'll never three forget. and a half years ago. I'll never forget. <laughs> Can you imagine the farmer gets shit on and the Aracoca gets hit with Kieran jizz? Yeah. And they're both just like it's just a mess. It's the trickle down effect, man. There's got to be <laughs> gross. It sure is. There's got to be something in the upper upper atmosphere that is that's like doing something to the Kieran's that is unwanted. Yeah, it's like vomiting or bleeding or something. I hate something this. horrible. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> Kirins are herbivores <laughs> and feed themselves with their ability to create matter, which is only limited by their imaginations and the creation size. Yes, they can create food. Nice. Uh, they tend to be adventurous and imaginative with the food they create and just as adventurous with things they magic into being for their homes. Who wouldn't be? I, I would be. They're, yeah. they're their own 3D printer. Exactly. On the celestial planes, Kirins reside in lofty, elegant areas filled with luxurious objects. On the material plane, a Kirin chooses a similar location for its lair, such as atop a tall pinnacle or within a cloud solidified by the Kirin's magic. The chosen location is almost always hard to reach, and only those mortals who have the tenacity to complete the daunting journey to a Kirin's lair can prove themselves worthy of speaking with its occupant, uh, many of those who do end up pledging service to the creature. Uh, they study under its tutelage in its lair and serve as its agents in the world. These followers might travel incognito across the land, seeking news of growing evil and working behind the scenes, or they might be champions of their master's cause out to defeat villainy wherever it is found. So it's like a cool like liege lord if you want to go like the the knight or like agent route. Yeah, you have that shit blazoned on your mm -hmm. armor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When... Uh, when viewed from the outside, a Kieran's lair is indistinguishable from a natural site, and the entrance is difficult for visitors to find and reach. Inside the lair is a serene and comfortable uh, palace. It's ambience, a mix between palace and temple. Uh, if the Kieran has taken creatures into its service, its lair doubles as a sacred site wherein the Kieran not only rests, but also teaches of holy mysteries. That's cool. Have you seen like that underground forest? It's like a big hole in the ground, mm -hmm. and you go... You go like hundreds of feet down, and then it's like a little oasis, sort of like no, its own, this uh, is a real place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's in China. Um, Fuck yeah, that's cool. And, and it's just a, it literally just a big hole in the ground. There's like a forest underground, sort of uh -huh. like it's like a section of a forest that got like they sank in and then has survived. I think it just grew there, probably. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the specifics okay. of like how the biology of it all and the ecosystem mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. all works, but like. They keep finding shit like that underground. Like, there's a mini forest down here. That's freaking just, cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. You just, like, fly in. Or, like, a, have watched a coyote run up into, like, its 
hole and i was mm-hmm. like oh i wouldn't have noticed that if the coyote didn't literally like run in there right um, there there are locations uh similar to what you're describing in the game skyrim where you'll kind of be going through a cave and then the cave like opens up and there's like cracks in the mountain above the letting light in and there'll be like a forested area underground that sounds beautiful what yeah. is a what is a skyrim skyrim is a game that <laughs> has been released one too many times <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, that was the saga too. On the, we're just we're gonna yeah, go we're down memory lane Skyrim, on this episode. Apparently, I don't yeah. know how this has happened. On occasion, Karens take on the mantle of being the protectors of certain towns or regions. Karens are known to inhabit the highlands of the Moonshay Isles, as well as northern forests and mountains of the Endless Waste. The Cloudlands, a fabled aerial kingdom above the Stonelands, is home to several creatures such as Karens, Mist Dragons, and Giants. And these are all Forgotten Realms locations, by the way. If yeah. You didn't know. When you say things like the Moonshay Isles, I immediately yeah. know. Yeah, it's, it's Forgotten Realms. As I said before, Karens tend to ally mostly with Torm, but the goddess Eridre Feanya is also on friendly terms with Kirins. Uh, oh God, Larue is also known as also known as the Unicorn Queen. Is known to have Kirin servants among other creatures that follow good and wisdom. Among other gods that count Kirins uh, among their servants are Baronar True Silver, which is um, Moradin's lover. Oh, okay. Corallon, uh, Labellus. Anareth, which is another one of the elven deities, and Sahanin meaning Moonbow, which we know who we she is. We have not talked about Sahanin Moonbow in quite some time. Yeah. That's the daughter of Corlon, right? No, that's basically his lover. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Elistrae is El- his That's daughter. the daughter. Yes. All right, all right. Uh, uh, from Lolth. From <laughs> Yeah, great. Love Lolth. <laughs> Let's talk about Lolth. Uh, I did not know that there was a unicorn queen, Will. Why have we taken so long to bring that up? I mean, up? I don't know. Maybe she'll get her own episode. <laughs> is it like... I'm the Unicorn Queen. I have horns all the way around. I'm Darth Maul in this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I don't know pretty much anything about her. She, it's a Forgotten Realms thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if she warns her own episode, if she's got enough info, she'll get it eventually. Yeah, that's true. She has yeah. to take one of the horns out yeah. of her own head and plant it in yeah. the ground. Uh, we might have mentioned her in passing in the Unicorn episode, but that was a long time ago, and I don't remember. That would have been the place. Yeah. Yeah. Kirins themselves worship their own patron deity, Coriel, uh, though they have no priest or shaman among their ranks. Coriel is considered the creator of Kirins. The god chooses to directly commune with his followers when needed instead of sending visions and signs or communing uh, via clergy. In times of strife, Coriel sends his loyal Kirins to fulfill their god's will rather than deploying an avatar. Okay. Coriel is a vigilant deity that constantly roams the many skies of the multiverse. He is the creator of Kirin, and much like his creations, the flying god of fate's appearance is a sign of momentous importance. He's depicted as a 16-foot-long... Oh, 4.9-meter! <laughs> ...Kirin with a rainbow-colored mane and gold-silver fur. Coriel is a stern and observant god of lawful good, offended by the persecution of the weak and utterly ruthless when driven to fight. He has incredible foreknowledge of what events he will come to face in the future, possessing much of the information known by the primary powers of fate in whichever world he is on. Conversely, Coriel is also a restless and ever-curious deity, both a serious patroller and great traveler. He is eager to discover new knowledge throughout the many worlds and many planes that he roams. The good sleuth, as we call him, mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. now. Yeah. If you see Coriel <laughs> doing burpees, you need to fucking get ready. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. It's getting Cause, real. Because Kirins don't just do burpees nope. for no reason. Nope, not at all. Coriel is said to fly faster than any other being in creation and can see perfectly as far as the horizon. Yeah, okay. Whatever that means. <laughs> He's a god. Of course he can. Right, but like there are more powerful gods than Coriel. Yeah, okay, but this is like his one specialty. This is like Birder from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, like, I'm, I'm the, the fastest, fastest there is. And then Frieza's like, 
Well, they're like, what about Frieza? That's an abridged. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the abridged. Like, by by default, his power level is higher than you, so he's faster than you. So, well, yeah, I guess that's true, but I'm the fastest one in this team. <laughs> what uh, about Captain Ginyu? Yeah. Isn't his power level higher than you? <laughs> this is all I have. And then what was it? He's what's, like crying. What's the name of the dude who stops time? I can't remember his name. Goldo. Goldo. And no. then <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, all, he's uh, technically Goldo. I'm, I'm not, not slower, slower than, than Goldo. Goldo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving back back to Kieran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kieran's avatar. <laughs> Coriel's avatar shares the magical powers of normal Kieran. His song can banish summoned or conjured creatures, uh, such as elementals within 600 feet of himself, or... Or 180 meters. <laughs> he fights with his hooves and horn, and any evil creature that is struck by his horn is at risk of instant death. <laughs> <laughs> Merely being banished from the prime material plane if they manage to resist some more lethal effect. Um, so t- if you're evil, don't get hit by this dude. This is like Avatar of Coriel, right? Yes, like would, yes. this isn't even the real deal. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can never fight the real deals. That's if, true. If actual you're gods. going there yeah. to, to their house to fight them, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And it, by the way, he doesn't have a house. But uh, oh, but anyways. In addition right. to his powers of destruction and banishment, the Roman god can resurrect someone and speak a holy word of power. Uh, in some le- legends, Coriel is associated with a supreme god figure of sorts acting as their great steed. In some stories, this figure is a prime creator god, such as some interpretations of Anam the Allfather. Who is undoubtedly faster than Coriel, <laughs> who is exactly who I was thinking of before <laughs> when he said that. I was like, pretty sure. My I'm pretty everything- sure Anam's more powerful than you, so he's obviously faster than you. I'm pretty sure my everything dad could outrun you, but okay. <laughs> and in others, it is the major lawful good god of some pantheon. Often in these legends, he and the god he allowed to ride him brought creative forces down to earth or rode together at at the end of time creation and all other things. This mythic connection means that Coriel is treated with a certain level of gravitas, strengthening both his own magic powers and, by further association, those of the race he created. Kirans fly without wings, and they have several other powerful spell-like innate abilities, including the ability to read minds of those around them. They are extremely resistant to magic. Kirans have an ability to create supremely realistic illusions with auditory, visual, and olfactory elements. Apart from their powerful innate spellcasting abilities, Kirans can create food and water for up to 24 individuals, create permanent soft goods or wooden items, create metallic items that disintegrate within two to five days, including adamantine items that last for about one hour. Wow. Assume gaseous forms, cast windwalk, call lightning, and summon weather. Akiran's power is so great, in fact, that it affects areas outside of their homes. Their celestial presence purifies all running water within three miles of their layers. When evildoers attempt to corrupt the waters, uh, magically or physically, the waters return to their purified state within three minutes. The aura of Kiran's homes affect good aligned creatures, giving them strength and health, and it scares evil aligned creatures away. Negative effects of cures... Curses, poisons, and diseases are temporarily lifted from good creatures, and if they are to fall from dangerous heights, Kieran's winds protect them from harm, letting them gently descend to the ground. This three-minute timer on the poison water thing is why that number is that like a is that like a an Achilles getting dipped into the river sticks sort of thing? I was like every got everything except for the little part I couldn't get my fingers in. Like, is this the chink in the armor? Like. I poisoned the water for exactly three minutes, and the adventurers died. I think. I think essentially, like um, the idea here is like, yeah, they can foul the waters. Obviously, if they pour a radiation into the into the water, it's going to affect it. But then the Kieran's power will 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 clear it. Like, will overwhelm it within three minutes. It just is. A, there's a lot written about it. So, <clears throat> I think the idea here is like you could be poisoned still. 
but like if if you're the evil doer doing the poisoning, you got to be like more exact. Got to time that shit. Yeah. So, but that's what I'm saying is yeah. like they left that in there yeah. so that you could do that. This yeah, the they first did. thing I thought they of. Did. And I, I think the idea here is that like this place cannot be permanently marred, though. Yeah, <clears throat> cool. It's not impenetrable. No, can, no. You can get in there and throw sour apples into the top of the waterfall or whatever. Sure. But then in three <laughs> minutes, those bad boys is ghosts. Yep. Uh, upon Karen's death, upon a Karen's death, all of these effects disperse while the boons granted to creatures and plants in the area remain for three following years. So, like, all that extra bonus you got from hanging out with the Karen, like, that shit lasts. Yeah, for probably the course of the campaign. Maybe. Karens can also enter the astral and ethereal planes at will. They are also telepathic. Unfortunately, Karen's innate magical power lends their body parts to being used in magical item creation by those who would defile them. Oh, uh, no. Kieran hair can be used to create youth elixir. An eyelash from a Kieran is used as a material component for some spells. That Kier- brings us back to the uh, the summer of the artificer, where we're going to yeah. kill some Kieran. We're going to kill some Kieran. We're going to make sexy leg cannons <laughs> with Kieran parts. Absolutely, Kieran horns are used in magic and potion making, but they are highly perishable. One such item is the Horn of Doom, which can control storms <laughs> over great areas. <laughs> The Horn of Doom. The Horn of Doom. Doom. What's that fucking quote from uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast or whatever? I don't know. uh, What adult swim show is that? Where he's like, "Uh, what are you doing, Thunderclees? And he's like, this is a robotic hymn of doom. No, I have no idea. I have no idea. You know know what? Liven up a robotic hymn of doom. An amazing pair of jugs. And he's got like physical jugs. Uh, What the fuck was it? If it wasn't Space Ghost, was it Brack? It was Brack. Yeah. What's the Prey Manus and the Cat? And the robot, yeah, that was Brack. Okay, yeah, uh, it was, Brack. There I was never, probably yeah. that show. Yes, it, that show that went for like a season and a half, uh, and it ran <laughs> alongside Space Ghost. Yes, it was. Yeah. It, first, they were. Well, it they, was a spinoff. It was right, a spinoff. Yeah, because yes. they were all in each other's show exactly. all the time. So yes. I, I fucking, I was like ten. <laughs> Sorry, I just aged myself. Um, Karen horns are used. Oh, we already talked about Horn of Dune. Karen's skin <laughs> can be used to create staves of power. The enchanter covers the unfinished staff with the skin and casts required spells to complete the crafting process. One bundle of Kieran's skin is valued at 25,000 gold. Holy shit. <laughs> Owning such a gruesome item is dangerous, however, as other Kieran and good aligned sympathetic creatures might seek vengeance against those who, against those who would desecrate bodies of goodly celestial beings. Yeah, you have to buy it off of like a, the avatar of um, Buffalo Bill. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Can you imagine like a fucking pit? A pit fiend like has a Kieran caged up and he's like puts a lotion in the basket. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a short rest. Oh, okay. <laughs> shout out to Demon Goku. Shout out to Shout out to Shout out to Demon Goku. Oh yeah. Shout out to Demon Goku. Shout out to Shout out to Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. It doesn't matter if you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. It's like I said before, Shopify is going to take your business no matter what stage it's at and elevate it to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. We've returned. Indeed we have. We are back at it again. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> yes, hey. we are. Yeah, we are. Hey, YouTube demonetized the fuck out of us, and we don't know exactly why. We've yeah, talked, and we, we don't finally, know when it's going to end. We finally spoke with somebody and got some specifics, the specifics which were, were very We vague. don't know why. We don't know when it'll end. You, There's nothing you can do about it. So right now, it's more important than ever to join our Patreon and yeah. keep this ship afloat, baby. <laughs> Indeed. Because we're going to keep making that YouTube video. Yeah. There's also a donation on our, um, I believe it's called our card. Yeah, if you're on like social media, like yeah. Instagram, you can we'll go, go ahead and put the link in the in the description. So if you want to just make a one time donation, to help keep the YouTube channel going, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, it's cool. Um, We've just like yeah. dumped a ton of money into yeah. like YouTube style stuff. Yeah. I hope you noticed. And, Some of you have. And when we, if if and when we are remonetized, we will let you guys know immediately. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, you can catch a bunch of cool stuff on our Patreon anyway. In the meantime, it, it's yeah. like our, it's really our main means of support is what I'm trying to say because yeah. YouTube can just turn us the fuck off whenever for whatever reason they want. Yeah, and there's not a lot we can do about it. There's absolutely nothing we can do. <clears throat> um, so that, except for like yell, yeah. yell to. In to heaven yeah uh towards these yeah we were, we were even told that we couldn't appeal even though they can't tell us what we did wrong so. right it's it's a, an interesting uh transcript that yeah. i got to read mm-hmm. but um anyway check us out on patreon.com slash the dungeon cast where you could support us and our content creation uh at your discretion you can donate any level uh you would like uh at a monthly even if it's not like tiered mm-hmm. those are going to be changing i know we've been oh. talking a lot about that but we, it's going to take some time we also have a new option where you can you can do it annually with a 15 percent discount oh that's cool didn't know that mm-hmm. um so yeah you can check us out on patreon and you can see uh, all the bonus content the main thing is uh you're going to get these episodes one week early ad free uh you're also going to get a ton of uh actual play live play stuff a ton of it a ton of it mm-hmm. um we are going to be releasing that on Super yeah. Quest Saga. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We got some Super Quest Saga, saga news we'll save for the end. Yeah. Dungeon um, Chats uh, is a show where me and uh, Brian talk about everything not Dungeons & Dragons. That's yeah. We don't really actively make that one anymore. No, we, but we did we, it for like a few like months. We did like 20 episodes or so. It was really actually really interesting. Uh-huh. And I think they all took place in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, because we were like COVID dealing happened. with COVID. Yeah, let's I, talk. The fourth one is literally called Apocalypsen. Yeah. Oh, we started it right before I think. Yeah. Right before the. the... I, we tried to do it like once a month, and it ended up being like 
weirdly staggered around that time frame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can kind of see what life was like for us during those times. Yeah, yeah we, we'd we pick talk a about topic music, and talk we, about whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's a cool insight. If you want to learn more about Will and I, definitely going into Patreon is a great way and like exploring the content there. Mm-hmm. There's like a cool Google Drive system. It's a little messy, like because we didn't know how to post on Patreon initially, but we've learned since how to like tag everything. Mm-hmm. But there's a Google Drive you can access that has uh, like a ton of OST for Super Quest Saga and all the shows that we do, including the ones on patreon there's like merch options on there for exclusive mm-hmm. stuff that yep. has to do with like our demogorgon logos and all that so shout out to demogorgon shout out to demogorgon and uh yeah more to come on that in the long rest but let's get back to kieran's let's do it uh i've got a stat block here we've got a kieran who is a large celestial let slow that yeah yeah large celestial typically lawful good armor class of 20 natty that's nice. Yeah. Must be nice. Must be nice. I wish I had 20 uh, AC. It's some golden scales. It's got 153 hit points. That's going to be 18 D10 plus 54. It can uh, it can go 60 feet fast, real good, mm-hmm. uh, on the ground, but it can also fly 120 feet, real good. Mm-hmm. So it can choose to run, unlike a beholder, because I see the hover speed is listed there. Right. And I do see legs on the on yeah, the. But why here. would they? Why? Uh, maybe to seem like lower profile? Uh, who knows? Maybe. I'm not trying to be extra right now. <laughs> uh, strength is 21. It puts it at a plus five. Uh, Dex, 16 plus three. Con, 16 plus three. Intelligence, 19 plus four. Wisdom, 20 plus five. And Charisma, 20 plus five. So its low stats are two 16s, which are very good. They're very good. The Dex and Con, which are arguably the best two in the bunch, depending mm-hmm. on your outlook on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, skills, Insight is going to be plus nine. Perception, plus nine. Religion, plus eight. Damage immunities, poison, because this is a high-level creature, and poison sucks after, like, level seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, condition immunities, poisoned. Uh, senses, you're going to have dark vision for 120 feet, true sight for 30 feet, passive perception is 19. Languages, it speaks every language. And it has telepathy of 120 feet. Nice. Uh, this clocks at a challenge rating 12 for mm-hmm. 8,400 experience points. Mm-hmm. Its now, proficiency bonus is plus four. I th- I feel, and it it's probably has to do with damage output as well, but I feel like the challenge rating is a 12, mm-hmm. highly because the HP is pretty low. Like yeah. 153 HP at high levels is not high. That is a single turn for a Falcon Paladin and not even burning like all the best stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful and frail. Yeah. And by frail, I mean plus three con is still yeah. pretty good. But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is, could clock easily at a, like a 14 if you if, bump that. If, yeah, if you bump that by 100. Which you probably shouldn't. It's like the whole. Unless that's what you want. Right. <clears throat> yeah. You get a super buff Kieran. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you get a legendary. Swollen. This creature has legendary res- <laughs> swollen, uh, legendary resistances of three times per day, which is like you know dragons do that kind of stuff. Yeah. If the Kieran fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead. It, it also has, has advantage. Sorry, uh, I got ahead of you on that. Yeah, I'm trying to read like, magic where resistance. You're... Oh yeah, yeah. The Kieran has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Very <laughs> good. Uh, for its actions, it can do a multi-attack. The Kieran makes two hoof attacks and one horn attack, or it makes two sacred fire attacks. That's one of my favorite moves in Pokemon. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> this is just Ho-Oh. It's Ho-Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, hoof, melee weapon attack, plus nine to hit, reach of 15 feet on one target. It's going to hit for 10 or 2d4 plus five force damage. And then there's the horn, which is a melee weapon attack with plus nine to hit, reach of five feet. One target, it's going to hit for 18 or 3d8 plus 5 radiant damage. Sacred Fire is a ranged spell attack, plus 9 to hit, 
a range of 120 feet on one target. It's going to hit for 18 or 3d8 plus 5 radiant damage. Spellcasting. The Kirin casts one of the following <clears throat> spells requiring no material components and using wisdom as a spellcasting ability. Spell save DC 17. At will, it's going to go uh, to. It's going to cast light or major image. Uh, the sixth level major image version, which mm -hmm, is pretty mm -hmm. fucking good They're as good far at as I illusions, remember. Man, the good at illusions. And thaumaturgy. <laughs> Three times a day, it can cure wounds, mm -hmm. dispel magic, lesser restoration, or cast the sending spell. Now that's three times a day is a pool between all these spells, not. Each spell is three times a day? Uh, that's a great question. I've never really thought. I assumed it was th each. I assumed it was three times a day each. Oh, fuck. I, I always assumed I it was I never thought about it. Yeah, like, I can do these spells. Like, I have three slots for these. I, I think it's each. I think it's so each. So I can cure wounds three times, dispel magic three times, yeah, lesser and, restoration and three times. Three. Yeah, and it says three a day each. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does say three a day each. Woo. Oh, my bad. I was a heart attack. I was like, I don't understand Dungeons Dragons at all. <laughs> <laughs> How long have we been doing this shit? Yeah, it says each on there. That's that's my fault. One day each, you can go banishment. You can go. You can cast banishment, calm emotions, create food and water. Now, shouldn't it be able to create food and water like all the time, according to the lore? According to the lore, but whatever. Like, uh, maybe you can only do the spell. I don't know. I that, that's I had a hero's feast related question earlier, but this kind of takes care of that. Okay. Uh, greater restoration, plane shift, protection from good and evil, revivify, and uh, windwalk. Mm -hmm. Those are all really cool spells. So I, you know what I see? I see these creatures as being very excellent like support units for like a high level boss. If you're like, let's say you're in this is an evil campaign, so you're fighting the good creatures, right? Like one or two of these on the side of like a couple like higher level angels, like like. Revivify is a bitch. You you take something down and suddenly this can just come in and revivify it. Like yeah, damn. and you know cure wounds a whole bunch, dispel magic. Like if you have those are really high utility, especially in combat. Mm -hmm. If you have dedicated Kirins, you know roaming your gold dragon unit, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like yeah. that's that's a deep squad. Yeah, big deep. Mm -hmm. Legendary actions. The Kirin can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action option can be used at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. The Kirin regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. So it can move. The Kirin moves up to half its speed without provoking opportunity attacks. Or it can smite or smite. Smite. <laughs> the Kirin mm. makes one hoof, horn, or sacred fire attack. It's going to be sacred fire every time. Why wouldn't it be? Sometimes you want to stomp a bit out. You stomp that <laughs> motherfucker out. Sometimes we just got to stomp, stomp somebody out. Fair enough. Now, when they're in their lair, let's talk about lair actions, their lair of luxury, as it's called. I'm pretty sure we've gone over this like little opening paragraph D&D Beyond provides in mm -hmm. the notes. Uh, but on lair actions, they happen on initiative count of 20, losing initiative ties. A Kieran can take one of the following lair actions, and it must finish a long rest before taking the chosen lair action again. The first one is create comforts. The Kirin conjures up one or more permanent objects made of soft, plant-based material, including manufactured objects like pillows, rope, blankets, and clothing, clo clo clothing, 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 that can collectively fill no more than a 20-foot cube. The objects materialize one minute later in unoccupied spaces of the Kirin's choice right on the floor of the lair. Hell yeah, baby. Very nice. And there's everything... Everything this spell does is, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, sustainably sourced, yes. Absolutely. Also, uh, the creative comforts specifically, they, they don't um, expire. 
Like they just last. Yeah, this is making perma pillows mm-hmm. up in there. Perma pillows. Uh, create stone and metal. The Kirin conjures up one or more temporary objects made of stone or metal that can collectively fill no more than a two foot cube. The objects materialize one minute later in unoccupied spaces of the Kirin's choice on the floor of the lair, and the objects vanish after one hour. Create wood. Haha, <laughs> reading the stat block has done that. <laughs> Whoa! (laughs) Let's turn that down, Brian. Uh, The Kieran conjures up one or more permanent objects made of wood or similarly hard plant-based material that can collectively fill no more than a 10-foot cube. That's a lot. That's a lot. The objects materialize (laughs) one minute later in unoccupied spaces. And again, they are permanent. The Kieran's choice on the floor of the lair. It's just making shit right on the floor. What if he wants to do it on the table? You got to have a table. Or on top of a boulder. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe a treetop. Regional effects. Should we get into those? Yeah. Yeah, we should. Uh, A Kirin celestial nature transforms the region around its lair. Any of the following magical effects is possible for travelers to encounter in the vicinity. Blessed nature. uh, Beasts, plants, and celestials within three miles of the Kirin's lair grow more vigorously as they evolve toward an idealized form. Wow. What does that mean? Fucking cool. You get to come up with that, Dungeon Master. Or player. Like, what's their idealized form? Yeah, that's true. It's just like so many bananas on this tree. It's a banana tree, but it's like all bananas. <laughs> <laughs> it's bananas all the way. None down. of the bananas are rotting. <laughs> They're permanently fresh. The ones at the top are new. The ones Unbruised. The bo- Unbruisable. Unbruisable bananas. These bananas at the bottom here, they're ancient bananas. <laughs> Whatever that Definitely means. Definitely a plus one yeah, to okay. con. Plus one to con for eating an ancient banana. It's like when the elder unlocks your true potential mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Dragon Ball. Exactly. Wow, oh, you're having a lot of Dragon Ball. References. We always have a lot of track. I think this we've is had the dungeon. We've cast. had quite the dry spell. We haven't think, had like have a we? real easy like okay. m- creature episode for me to fit in all my yeah. Dragon Ball and yeah, Pirates absolutely. of the Caribbean references. Absolutely, into. we've been talking a lot about. We've been speed running hell. We've been speed running hell. Um, and it's taking so long. <laughs> let's see. Oh, I forgot to read this. So we were talking about the idealized form of plants and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, such creatures are rarely aggressive towards others that aren't normally prey. So they're. They're just chill mm. unless they're trying to eat. Right. Uh, controlled weather. A Kirin can cast control weather while it is within three miles of its lair. The spell's point of origin is always the point outdoors closest to the center of the lair. The Kirin does not need to maintain a clear path to the sky or to concentrate for the change in weather to persist, which I assume are parameters that the spell uh, makes you follow. Yeah, you take control of weather within five miles of you for the duration. So, like, it's five miles from the, the closest point of the center outside of the lair. Neat. Yeah. So is it... And it can do it from within three miles of the lair, so, like, it, it, can, it can affect anywhere within five miles of the lair from anywhere around the layer so up to like eight <laughs> up to eight miles well no because it doesn't it doesn't stack it's just like they oh, can okay, be three okay. miles out and still do something from that covers. the center of the layer yes exactly yeah okay yeah. gotcha um now we have pure waters water flows pure within three miles of the kieran's lair any purposeful uh corruption of the water is lasts for no longer than three minutes what's with all the threes like, I, I think it's three is considered a divine number okay yeah. that's why uh, and if there, if we ever needed proof, here it is. Uh, it's not written, but it, you know, the hints are there. Realm of respite, of respite, respite, respite. Yeah, respite, respite. Oh yeah, I corrected you on the pronunciation of um, what was it? Prom- promenade. And then I was right. And you were correct. <laughs> and that's just all the panic of the disco in me, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it was because of uh, what? What's that genre of music called? Pop rock, punk, punk pop. 
Uh, yeah, like that. power pop. It's candy. Yeah. Uh, realm of respite. Uh, curses, diseases, and poisons on creatures are suppressed when those creatures are within three miles of the lair, unless the creatures are aberrations, fiends, or undead. So the worst ones. Yeah. Safe to sense. Uh, within three miles of the lair, winds buoy creatures that fall due to no act of the Kirin or its allies. Such creatures descend at a rate of 60 feet per round and take no falling damage. Yep. Aberrations, fiends, and undead don't do that shit. They're going to hit the ground. They're yep. going to get sauced by Absolutely. it. They're going to be- become ground sauce. Uh, when the Kirin dies, all these effects disappear immediately, although the invigorating effect on flora and fauna remains for three years. Can you imagine? Like, I'm going to do a jump. Yeah. It's like, no, wait, I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> now two people die this day. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's wow. True. That's so, uh, pretty cool. This is very flavorful. rich flavor. I love it. Yeah. Um, any particular thoughts on the Kirin? Um, no. Any ideas of how you would run one? Uh. I love the like stacking these in with a like a troop, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of support Kirins. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Okay, they wear sure. nurses' outfits. I would very much like to wait. What <laughs> nurses' outfits? Yeah, they'd have like a little nurse. Oh hat. my gosh, uh, I would very much like to run a Kirin as um, a a sort of like party patron. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, uh, like I'm I'm granting you boons for your quest. Yeah, that or like your guys's. Uh, alignment and missions are aligned with this being and its its deity and whatnot, and so you team up. Yeah, like let's go kill uh, the red dragon over there, Tartarcus or whoever. Yeah, fuck, sure, yeah. absolutely, whatever. We're gonna go kill yeah. this dragon. And like home base is this Kieran's lair. Here, I like that. I like that. Like you have a home hub you keep returning to, and it's the Kieran's lair. Yeah, and here's like an adamantine weapon. To use in this fight. Yeah, you got an hour. hour. Yeah, this fight should only take like. Good luck. This fight should only take like two minutes, tops. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if that's the case, I think we can get ready for a long rest. Let's get ready for the long rest. All right. Shout out to Hey everybody, welcome to The Long Rest. This is the part of the episode where we're going to talk about some other stuff. Indeed. Yeah, it's uh, godly in its own way. It's Kieran. <laughs> it's quite divine. It's quite divine, yes. It's called Patreon. <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome to the Dungeon Cast. We want your money. Yeah. Also, we got shoutouts, don't we? Oh yeah, we probably do have shoutouts. <laughs> That's a thing. Uh, let me find them. We'll talk about stuff. Uh, yeah, everyone, if you want to help support what we do here, if you like this show, one of the best ways, probably the best way that you could like literally support us is by going to Patreon. I believe our lowest tier is a $5 tier, in which case you will get early episodes without ads. You'll also get show notes. I think there's a few other things in there as well. Is mm-hmm. there like a, a merch, like a sticker? Is that for the $5? Yeah, it's 10 I think. $10? There's a sticker. I don't know how long that's going to be um, there. I can't figure out the setting on it. It keeps just like sending them out over and over again. <laughs> I do know that there is some live action stuff that does make it to the $5 <coughs> tier, but most of the live action stuff is going to be at the 10 Yeah, season and then we one have of exclusive... F-Bats is in $5. Okay, there you and go. And so is Vault Raiders. Okay, sweet. So there is actual place stuff there yeah and then uh at the higher tiers you get even more and more stuff we have more stuff coming down the pipeline as soon as we can get to it we have a premium show that we are hard uh working on we're in um, pre-production for that one yeah, right that now i'm so excited about i will be uh sharing teasers as they come along it'll be in the ten dollar um, tier for yes, people asking indeed. which i believe is called the electrum tier 
I believe that is the silver tier. Silver. Oh yeah, we we upped it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the silver tier. Um, but long story short, it's a fantastic way to support us. The money goes directly to us, and we use the money directly to better our lives and also everything about the show. So cameras, upgrades, light upgrades. We've done a lot. We've been remodeling the studio. We're most of the way through that. Um, Brian got a new chair. It's freaking super comfortable. I bought this um, one though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did buy that one on his own. Um, Felt and, bad spending a lot of money on it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. Like we we try to make the show better, but also you guys actively do make our lives better because we're both trying to go full time with this, and the only way that's going to be possible is through growth of the audience and through audience support. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> huge thanks to you guys um, for coming out and supporting us the way you do. Uh, there's a lot of people that have been on our Patreon for a long time, Indeed. and we really appreciate you guys. Yeah. Um, you make you make every every upgrade, every change we make is possible because of you, and uh, our passion for the for doing this is uh, is backed by your your contributions. By your passion for us, it means a lot. It really does. <laughs> it does. Absolutely. Um, and uh, are we ready for the shout out? We're ready for the shout out. Shout some people out. So at I'm, I've been asked the question on Discord. I thought it would be good to address it here um, at the at the bottom tier the copper tier you get a you get a lovely thank you mm-hmm. and then at the next tier up which is the silver tier i've just been informed by my good co-host william uh <laughs> you get a you get a woo oh god damn start, it we're yes. gonna start doing some woos oh. woo yeah and then at the <laughs> tier above that which i believe is uh 20 dollar tier uh yes and that's the electrum the tier. electrum tier now um that's where we're we've been doing the air horns for a while now mm-hmm. and now we're both going to do there indeed and then above that i think we, we just like grovel here yeah we basically uh yeah we, 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 we usually see shoes. anything above that we're just like oh my god thanks yeah. like fuck are we, you sure we, we shower you <laughs> in adulation yeah uh 10 there's sticker 20 there's like a shirt right now the shout out to demon Goron. shout yes. out to demon Goron. exclusive sure. t-shirt and i believe there's exclusive hoodie at the platinum tier Oh jeez, mm-hmm. I don't even know what that clock's in at, but um, yeah, be adventurous out there, I guess. <laughs> Indeed. So we want to start our thank yous with Velocity Arrow. Thank you, Velocity Arrow. Velocity Arrow, thank you. Now we've got Stephen J. Thank you, Stephen. Woo, woo, Stephen. Jason Seagal. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. And not, I'm just gonna read this note. Oh, we got a note. Yes, because th- oh, thanks to Monaco. Yeah. yeah, not really new. Apparently, Patreon asked him to update his payment info. And so it sent a new patron email. What's up with that? We don't know. But thank you, Chemical. Thank you, Chemical. Our generous Discord Discord moderator, who is also a legendary listener and part of the show, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The show's team mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm, so, yeah, mm-hmm. thanks. Thanks, Cam. Uh and Justice G, thank, thank you, Justice, Justice G. G. It's not, it's not even spaced. That's it's awesome. just Justice, all capital J, lowercase Justice, and <laughs> capital G, capital G. Justice G, thank you. Or maybe it's Justice G. Mm, I think it's Justice G. It's a joke about the way we pronounce G's. Mm-hmm. We've it's been an ongoing theme for the last mm-hmm. few shows. It's so true. Anyway, you guys, thank you so much for coming into the fold. And mm-hmm. becoming the dungeon casts. Indeed. Um you are now one with us. Yeah, go out there, try to cast Eldritch Blast. You might be surprised. <laughs> Indeed. Uh yeah. Uh that's what I've got for Patreon, Will. All right. Sounds good. What do you got? Um 
if you if you like the show and you want to support it and you you can't do it monetarily, that is that is totally fine. That Dude, it's totally, so, so good. Thanks so for totally listening. Okay. Thanks for listening. Uh, and if you do want to actively do something, I you know, spread the word. Tell everyone you think might possibly be in the show about the show because you never know. They, they might be the next uh, Dungeon Cast aficionados. Describe this to, as you see it, will you? Yeah. Oh, God, he's spreading. He's spreading. Oh, no. No! It's blood everywhere. He spread the word. And also the eagle. Flap, flap. <laughs> Um, uh, also, you can leave an uh, Apple Podcast review or Spotify rating. Those help tremendously. Uh, yeah, I know you're listening to this shit. So go, I know you got it. I know you got a way to review it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do it. Do it. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You can do it. It's true. We're friends, right? Yeah. We also got a merch store. If you guys are interested in buying and supporting some Dungeon Cast merch, you'll notice I wear a pretty sweet Dungeon Cast hat and T-shirts and stuff on the show. You can get those over at our spread shop. There's a lot of spreading going on in this episode. Mm-hmm, um, that mm-hmm. link will be in the description. All that money, uh, well, it doesn't all directly go to us, but we get a cut of it, so it's also helpful. Um, that's all I got, I think. That was it. All right. We'll call it a game then. Oh, yeah. Join the Discord. That too. Talk to you guys later. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.